today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We were talking uh, about this last week, but it's as if the Green Party just woke up and realized there's other issues other than uh, the environment. And unfortunately, they can't agree on any of that. It's 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 the environment is the only thing they seem to have uncommon uh, in common. Rather beyond that, it's just a world of extremes. Uh, does this party, can it fix this and gain some credit credibility? Uh, is it an environmental movement or a real political party? Uh, let's bring in Henry Jasek, professor of political science, at McMaster University. He is with us now. Henry, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Yes, I am. And I hope the same for you. Uh, your thoughts on uh, why they would cancel a vote which was scheduled for tomorrow on the leadership? Well, what I think they probably have been reading and not talking about is that uh, over the last uh, few weeks, the uh, Green Party numbers in the public opinion polls have gone on, have dropped down, and in the latest public opinion poll that came out, uh, the, po- uh, the party had lost half of its voters uh, and I and I think the interpretation of why that's happened is because of the fight, you know, over the le- with the leader. Uh, so is it safe to say uh, the way I categor- uh, characterized this party earlier? It's that it seems that they all have a common denominator when it comes to the environment, but they don't seem to agree on any of the other issues, nor have given it much thought. Is that accurate? Well, that's no. I think that's quite true. I mean, it's, the whole reason for being of the Green Party is to be an environmental party. So that that so it draws people from across the spectrum who see that as the number one issue. The problem with the Green Party is it has to worry about those issues where it is draw you know where people are coming in from across the spectrum, and if attention is paid to those issues, it divides the membership. Um, they've done pretty well in sort of dealing with people on. Uh, they brought in from left and right to deal with economic issues. They haven't really got into a big fight over that, but there is differing opinions inside the party, and they've been able to handle that. But the the, the Middle East problem, taking positions on the Middle East, is is so so difficult. The emotions on both sides are deeply mm. intense, and the Canadian people are generally at various levels of intensity of interest in this issue are split pretty much down the middle. And so this is this is a real problem for the Greens. They they really shouldn't talk about Middle East politics. There's no way they can win, you know, uh, hold their party together. And also any other party that, you know, would weigh in on this issue as a as a terribly important issue will probably run into problems as well. So but the Greens ha- attract people who have strong views of issues and boom, they've just stepped right into this uh, rabbit hole. Um, have they lost credibility here? Because at one time they were boasting about what a great leader that, that she was, and, and now it seems that the, the party had turned on her. Have they lost credibility here? And, and again, are they being viewed as a credible political party, as an alternative, or just an environmental movement? And considering most political, or all political parties now, have some sort of green element to them, is this party still relevant? Well, I mean, for the time being, I think it's got a lot of problems. And I think and I, I, I think there were many people in the Green Party that weren't happy about their new leader, but they were willing to give her a chance, um, you know, of, a, of you know, someone who is, of course, another woman, which is fine, uh, a person of color, a young, uh, bright, energetic person who was going to try to bring the message to urban area, uh, uh, centers uh, of our country uh, and get away from the more rural 
uh, green, green areas that they had support, uh, what little support they had. And but of course she did. She picked a riding uh, a riding to run uh, in the uh, a by-election in the middle of uh, Toronto, uh, where there's very relatively little green support, and she lost badly. And now she's you know uh, every prediction is that she is view is that she's likely to lose again. And the fact that she doesn't have a seat and doesn't look like she's going to have a seat leads then even more people in the Green Party to say, well, this is a, a mistake, because if we can't elect our leader, we can't really have any influence. And it probably means that other seat, the few other seats and areas are, are, are going to be a problem. They've had a revolt and a, a defection in New Brunswick. Uh, Elizabeth May, the pre, uh, previous leader, is stepping down, and there's going to be a lot of questions whether they can hold that seat. So the Green Party is quickly running out of places it could win, and in fact, uh, maybe the only place where it might possibly do well would be in a riding like Guelph in Ontario, where they already hold the party, uh, the the the, the uh, MPP, the provincial uh, p- position there, and and they have a very and that, and that's the leader of the Ontario Green Party. And while he is very effective, uh, he you know he could probably help the fe- uh, federal candidate, but if the party is only going to get half of its uh, vote that it's had recently. You know, that's going to be very hard, even in, in a writing like that. How does this affect the opposition, or does the Green Party really not make enough of a dent to matter? I mean, they certainly generate lots of chatter prior to an election, but mm-hmm. don't necessarily manage to translate, to translate that into to votes. Is, is this a, does this affect the opposition in any way? Well, the, the, um, the two parties who have benefited the most, particularly, well, outside of Quebec, would have been the ND, uh, would be in the NDP and the Liberals, and so for both the NDP and the Liberals, they would like to see probably the Green Party be weaker. Uh, you know, so you know, uh, Elizabeth may see probably there's a good chance that, that maybe the Liberals will win that seat. Uh, and you know, and and the person who defected in, in uh, New Brunswick has gone over to the Liberal Party. So this is probably slightly good news. I mean, there's not a lot of seats here. We're talking about yeah, very yeah. few. So it's 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 good news for the Liberals if the, if the Green Party doesn't win any seats, and probably helps a bit for the for the NDP as well. In Quebec, um, the Bloc the Bloc Québécois also attracts uh, some Green voters as well. Even though the, I mean, the Green Party's never it looks like it's never going to win any seats in Quebec, or at least in the near future. So. Uh, it's not big, but they lose. They they will lose whatever votes the Green Party loses in Quebec will probably go to the Bloc Québécois, maybe a few to the Liberals, uh, and maybe even a few to the NDP. But so the other parties would, you know, there, there's at least three parties that have a, an interest in this. Probably very few of these uh, votes would go to the Conservatives. They're the one party that doesn't benefit greatly by the by the Green Party, you know, disappearing. What do the Greens need to do to become credible? I mean, you talked about the the provincial campaign and and the leader Shriner and, su- right. and such. Uh, and and I've, I've interviewed him. He seems like a smart guy. And, oh, yeah. and and you know, I remember saying to him at one point, you know, you got Liberals. This was when uh, this was in uh, when Premier Wynne was still in. Got the Liberals. Got the NDP moving even farther left, and then the Green even farther left beyond that. And he very much corrected me and said, No, that's we're not left of these we have an advanced uh, agenda when it comes to the environment but on these other issues you know we can have many different political mm-hmm. views it seems like the provincial counterparts have their act together a lot more than the federal 
uh, counterpart does. Uh, what does the federal party need to do that the provincial uh, party seems to be able to do? Well, I think, indeed, number one, it needs somebody who has who's very articulate and essentially like Schreiner. Schreiner is very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, although he hasn't been able to win any other green seats besides his own, but uh, that, that's because the Green Party is just basically fairly weak. And uh, but uh, he, but they need somebody who is very articulate, who is somebody who will be very careful about issues that will split the party. And I think that's where you know, and and people who have some political experience in leadership have 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 you know have have a know that if when you're running an organization. You have to keep people together, and what you have to do is try to constantly focus on the common ground among your members. Don't, uh, you know, don't try to take a uh, a principled issue that's going to split your party together and uh, uh, your organization to, you know, all, split it right apart. So he, that's what they need. They need. They have to keep, you know, keep focused on someone like that. Elizabeth May was my, uh, beautifully that way. I mean, she was very articulate. She was, you know, she knew how to keep the party together, and I think she did just as well as one could expect, given the fact that you know she was going up against a bunch of other more organized party with deeper roots in the country. So, but they—that's the type of person they need. But I, I really don't know over the long term whether you know there is a future for the Green Party in Canada in terms of having you know much consequence in terms of seats. It certainly, I think, will affect. The, the the policy stands of other parties, but I don't I, I kind I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to get in a position where they can be viewed as in the parliamentary scene uh, an important player. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You bring up a very valid point, Henry. Has the Green Party ran its course considering they've gotten everybody's attention? Political parties have adjusted their platforms accordingly. Right. And it seems that the Greens cannot agree on anything beyond the environment. It mm-hmm. seems that they haven't even discussed a lot of the other issues. You certainly can't govern on one issue alone. There's economy, jobs, health care, mm-hmm. lots of things that encompass governing, not just uh, the environment, have they run their course? Is that it? I mean, you know, there's clearly nothing else there. There's nothing else there that they seem to be able to agree on. We, If you were to ask anybody what a policy of the Green Party is over and above their environment, I mean, where do they stand on this, that, or the other? Uh, probably most couldn't couldn't identify that. Yeah, so there's very good reason for that, uh, that, to believe that, that they probably may have run their course. And, and and if we look to other countries where the green has has really become you know strong and built and become a significant player uh, parliamentary, it's because the new democratic type of party, the social democrats, have really you know been not been able to deal with new ongoing issues, including the environment and things like that. So, but that's not the case here in Canada. The 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 leadership of the NDP has been you know has essentially been able to keep its members together and and to basically not split the party and essentially and to embrace the you know the the uh, the greens a green agenda for the most part in in the Euro- european countries where the social democrats have had a lot of problems it's where the it is where a, a significant part of the, of those parties have been wanting to go back uh, to the what they see the good old days when there were a lot of manufacturing jobs and so union members were well paid working on an assembly line it was a boring job but they had good 
good benefits, good, you know, uh, good pay and uh, security of employment. And uh, they've been too wedded to the, you know, to this uh, industrial view that would go back six, seventy, eighty years. Uh, but the, but the NDP's adjusted to that. The NDP has has essentially been been willing to embrace a newer ty- you know newer forms of the economy. They recognize that you know that the you know whatever manufacturing workers are left and union le- workers are left in these places, they they have to support them. But that but that's increasingly being a a more and more minor part of the workforce. The then they you have to embrace the new technologies and and uh, the people the people in the service sector uh who who are who are becoming more and more important in our country and so with the NDP doing that the the greens really don't have much space to grow is this a turning point for the green party uh not only with the leadership debate that they seem to be having but also the fact that we're looks like we're heading into an election uh, this fall, will this election be a turning point for them? Well, I do. Like I mean, a sink I, or swim. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be. I think that you know they're not as going to do not do as well as they did the last time when they didn't have too many seats. But but I think they run the risk of possibly having no seats or maybe one seat at, at most, and they have a possibility of that their leader for the second time will not come into the House of Commons, and that's that has to be viewed as a defeat, a terrible defeat. And whether the federal liberals, uh, federal greens can recover from that is really questionable. You know, I didn't uh, people, you know, at that point, people may start giving up. Uh, people will stop donating to the party and uh, basically give up and just look at, well, where, where do we go now? But not to the greens because we'll be wasting our time and money. And I think that's what they have, they have to worry about. So it could be that kind of turning point. I would, I would say there, there's a good chance of that. Uh, obviously, lots of chatter about an election coming this fall as more and more Canadians have become fully vaccinated. Is this an election? Is this election a slam dunk for the prime minister? Oh, no. I would say that uh, right now, if the election was held, I think he would maybe get a few more seats than he did the last time. But I, I don't think he'll, I, he would get a majority right now. I think he's a few seats short. And I think he's just out there. You know, it's a not election, but he's actually campaigning a no and and we know i mean he's he's doing you know basically going around the country uh, giving out money you know mm-hmm. all over the Catherine place. McKenna in Hamilton today giving out uh, another 200 million for transit yeah it's it's just and the money will just keep coming because you know actually the liberals i w- you know a week or two ago i would have said they had a 50-50 chance maybe even a a 52-55% chance of a majority but they sort of have eased off it's eased off a bit for some reason uh they've lost some support uh, in Quebec to the to the Bloc Québécois which is doing quite well there and uh they they you know they're under a lot of some of their seats are under pressure in uh, in British Columbia and it may well be that there may be a few seats uh, in Ontario the, uh, that uh, the NDP will pick up, but uh, they, you know, or, or basically not give up to the Liberals. So the Liberals, I think, still, you know, could wind up uh, uh, with a second minority government. So he might turn out the way I, uh, what happened to Lester Pearson, where he won a minority government in uh, uh, 50, sorry, in uh, 63, and then two years later, uh, Called the election on the advice of his advisor, said now you can win your majority, and he had a second, a second minority. Mm. And Lester Pearson never had a majority the whole time he ruled. And now Justin has already had the first time around a majority, but he may not be get be able to get a majority. So he's out there just working very, very hard to try to, you know, 
uh, try to find constituencies where if he goes and talks and gives you know gives money for some project you're going he's going to be able to get turn, flip a few constituencies to to get that majority but but he's got he's right now he's a, he's a bit behind the eight ball i think uh everybody knows that uh the prime minister the the liberals are hankering to to pull the plug and call an election but of course there's a window there and and, and the pandemic has opened and closed that a couple of times yeah. um what do you think is going to trigger this because again nobody wants to look like it was them that called the election what do you think's going to actually pull the plug on this when it does well, happen? i mean it, if it's usual i mean what we've ha- have seen with, with these minor elections after a minority government is that uh, people don't like uh, government seemingly to call an election after only two years, but when the when the when the government does do that, the sentiment about it is that well we didn't like it, but we'll now have to do our duty, pay attention to the issues and the leaders, and then cast our vote. So I, at the end of the day, it does no one gets the government doesn't get punished for an early election, at least in this situation. So that hasn't happened lately. Maybe they, maybe this will be different, but I, I don't think so. I think, you know, uh, I, 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 th- I think the government probably will call an election sometime in, in, uh, in September. I have a feeling it's going to be in the latter part of October. I think, I think what, what they're hoping, what he's really hoping for, is we, if we can get uh, our vaccination rates up to 85%, and uh, then we, you know, at that point, Given the type of variants that are around, listening to all the various medical people, uh, the that that probably that's what we could probably think as herd uh, immunity, and I think that's what I think that's really his goal. And we may by the by the second half of October be very close to that 85 percent. And so we then you know at that point you know right before an election you know actually occurs, then then Justin Trudeau said. The pandemic is over. We've reached a herd immunity. Uh, every, everybody should feel that uh, now, you know, you can relax and and things are, are, you know, are great, even though there will be little outbreaks here and there, but they're never they're never going to be big outbreaks. So I think I think that's where he's going. And uh, we'll, we'll see whether whether that holds true. Henry Jasek with us, professor of political science, McMaster University, talking about all things political as we head into perhaps a fall election. Henry, as always, thanks so much for your time. Be well. Okay, same to you, and enjoy your week. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.